Hey, profs. Welcome on in. My name's Rob Lightfoot, proud two-time alum of Rick Edelman College of Communication, class of 2000-2001. This is Beyond the Brown and Gold. I'm Jessica Kennedy. I'm the co-host here, also a two-time proud Rowan alum, class of 2008 from the Rick Edelman College of Communication and Creative Arts, and 2015 from the College of Education. Thanks so much for joining us today. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM presents Beyond the Brown and Gold, a show that highlights the lives and memories of Glassboro State and Rowan University alumni. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Lightfoot and Jessica Kennedy. Jess, today we got a farmer and a banker. You know what you get when you get a farmer and a banker? What? A brewery. You know, we didn't ask them why they... Well, I get it because of the bank. Yep. The bank building. Yeah, because they're in a bank building. And there, there's farmers down there where they are. They're in Woodstown. That's true. Okay. So I guess you just, maybe that's why they named it that. But we didn't ask. Can we get them back in here? <laughs> yeah. Are they far away can from Can they here? bring some of their product can with Can we them? bring them back in? Yes. Can they please? So so what we have is is Mike Melnichuk from 03. He's from our College of Engineering. Yes. He's a and then uh, we have Megan Brown, yes, who is from PO. Somehow they were on campus together and never met. Yep. But now they met. Now they have and a now they're doing together. this thing. How's that work out? We're going to find out. We talked to them about it. Yep. We're going to talk about uh, their time here at Rowan, their time at the brewery, what they have in store there. And um, if you're local to the borough, it's not too far of a hike from from us. So they're uh, set up there in Woodstown and kind of all the changes that they're hoping or helping with the community there. So we're really excited to have had them today. And um, I mean, I wish I could say that they brought some brews and that we can't share them with you all, but they did it. So we have to go visit them. Wink, wink. So we invite you all to join us. We won't tell you when. We'll just, we'll just meet you there. We'll see you there. In studio today, we have a full house. We have two alums, Mike Melnichuk and Megan Brown. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for coming. We've been chatting a lot already, so we're well, they, really... They said they would play along. And, I know, and we're I really we warmed just, up, so so that's exciting. But they're from Farmers and Bankers, which is exciting, because if you don't know what that is, why don't you guys tell it's us? It's a brewery in Woodstown, New Jersey, maybe about 15 minutes from Rowan here. Yeah, so uh, the only thing better about being here would be there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right? we should have recorded there. Why didn't we do that? Let's pick this thing up and go. I'm, <laughs> I'm thirsty. No. Rob was hoping you would bring samples. He was like, was, would it be inappropriate to ask them to bring beer? And then they them? reminded me that we're on a college campus. <laughs> That's we, why we, we didn't bring samples. Yes. We debated that yesterday. Yeah, we had a discussion back and forth. I remember, I don't think you can bring beer on campus here. <laughs> no, it'll give me an excuse to get down there. Right. Did you all grow up in Salem County? I did, yes. Okay, and whereabouts? Uh, Pittsgrove. Okay. Where in Pittsgrove? My husband's from Upper Pittsgrove. Oh, okay, so I went to Shallock High School. Okay. Um, lived right down the street from the high school there. He went to Woodstown, so okay. maybe there was like a dividing line There is somewhere. a little bit. Yeah, he uh, grew up on Buck Road. And how about you, Mike? I grew up in Cedarville, which is Cumberland County, yes. so I went to school in Melville Island. Okay, yeah, so, Cedarville. That's I've driven through uh, Cedarville yeah. before. Okay. If you take that Buck Road, which is 553, comes through Rowan, it goes all the way back down to Cedarville, <laughs> eventually. Oh, that's awesome. So what brought you guys to Rowan? Yeah, I was going to be an engineer. I uh, didn't know what school I wanted to, so I was traveling around when you're in high school trying to figure out where you wanted to go. And you know, they were just starting an engineering program then, and I just kind of fell in love with the, everything brand new, the campus. They were kind of doing things a lot different in their program, and uh, so I just decided I wanted to go there. It was a little closer, too, for... Uh, you know, at that point in my life, I wasn't really excited to move into Philadelphia to go to Drexel or something. Um, so it kind of worked out great and uh, met a lot of good people. And uh, it was, you know, a good four years. And did you have family that were engineers? Is that why you wanted to get in the field? No. Um, what was the interest? 
my dad and grandfather were both mechanics. My grandfather had a motorcycle shop for almost 40 years. Uh, so I grew up working on motorcycles. Um, when my grandfather sold that, my dad was doing machinery rebuild for a lot of the industry and everything. So I've always worked with my hands and uh, just mechanically inclined. So I was always just wanted to learn the next step, I guess, of, uh, of that and just further educate, like, you know, things that I liked as a mechanic. Was the goal to then help the family business? No, I mean, big change businesses and what he did, you know, different times with, with that. There were some thoughts of that. And at one point I wanted to go into the motorcycle industry. I always loved that, but that's one of them small niche industries trying to get into. Never quite worked that way. I raced and spent a lot of time with it, but worked in uh, a lot of different manufacturing industries for 20 years before we started doing brewing. Megan, what brought you to uh, Rowan? I thought I wanted to be an English teacher when I left high school. Okay. So, you know, Rowan's close to home. I knew I needed to live at home. I couldn't afford to do, um, you know, a campus experience. And so I applied to Rowan. It was the only school I applied to. It was the only one I was really interested in coming to. I was lucky enough to get a partial scholarship to come here. And then about, I guess, three, you know, whatever, three or four weeks into my first semester, I thought, I don't really want to be a teacher anymore. So I, the next semester, I switched over to communications. What made you make that switch? There. Um, I whatever the one credit course or whatever is they make teachers take to kind of, you know, dip their toes into the teaching profession. I yeah. thought, Oh, well, none of this sounds like where I want to be. You <laughs> so know? it wasn't like any experience you no, personally had in a no. classroom. I, I really loved English and reading yep. and writing and, you know, teaching sounded like the way to continue to do that mm -hmm. throughout my career. And then I, you know, when you think about the reality of being a teacher, it, it just wasn't something that excited me. And, you know, then I learned more about the communications program and the ability to be able to write and be creative in that way. And that really kind of drew, drew me in. And what kind of clubs or groups were you involved in when you were here? Were you involved in the PRSSA program? I was, okay. yes. Yeah, yeah, that's um, such a great program. Yeah, still wins awards, very active here on campus. Yeah, yeah the college is really fortunate to have that. It, it is a great experience. You get to do a lot of different things and kind of really experience what real world public relations is going to be like when you get out of college. It's, it's a pretty great resource. Fondest college memories. There's too many to name. Because <laughs> well, both of you are on campus now, right? You both are on campus. Yeah. So reference the, the overlap here, but you didn't know right. each other. No. Right. No, right. not at all. And other than living on this side of campus, like I probably only had one class over here, like a public speaking class mm -hmm. in my freshman year. Which you probably well. hated. Yeah, well, they, they throw a lot of different classes in engineering at the time. We're like, well, we got to figure out how to cram all this into the I was going to say, what are, you, what are you putting him, a pigeonhole him? No, he's an no, engineer no, 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 like no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I don't know. I love our engineers mm. and how they communicate. Yeah. <laughs> but oftentimes, you know, that's what Amanda, actually, we're breaking fourth walls here. Yeah. Amanda, our producer here, mm -hmm. she specialized for a while in, in sort of teaching just these. So she had a whole huge class of engineers. Oh, I taught. didn't know that she did. Yeah, that. yeah, just yeah. Engineer. Oh, that's yeah. so Because they make that a focus, right? So they make it a huge focus so that... Um, even more so on the present presenting skills. Like okay. I can talk right now, like presenting uh -huh. skills. Yeah, so did you take that class? I did. <laughs> every semester we'd have to uh, present like our project, what we were doing in front of everybody else and getting you know, the auditorium there. Um, so that was a big part of it. Like of the, I guess the, uh, you know, working on the speaking part, presenting, you know, trying to get what you're developing so people understand it. You know, real world, you get out there, you have something. If you can't explain it to somebody or that it's important, it's, you're never going to go forward. So. Right. Yeah, that's huge. That's so important because like the lay person like myself, we don't know much about engineering, right? So if you have this great thing, but you can't explain it to me, who may be a decision maker, which I shouldn't be if I don't understand what's happening, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's like, absolutely not. But no, that's important because I think a communication skill is important in all fields. So we, we see that communication piece run through as a thread, but 
I mean, Megan, you were in the, you were deep in the communications world. Right. Yeah. What were you doing for PRSSA and what were you writing things? And gosh, yeah, that was so, I mean, it's been 20 years now since I did all of that, but yeah, I mean, just, you know, getting involved. I, again, I writing is what I love the most. So, you know, press releases and things like that and working on, you know, marketing plans and that kind of stuff is really, you know, just what I kind of was always drawn to you know, in any project that came up, you know, what, how can I, what can I write for that? How can I be creative about that? How can I reframe it? You know, that kind of thing. So was it like when you first come into the communication program mm -hmm. compared to the college of ed piece, were you like thrilled and be like, this is really what I want to do? Yes, definitely. Yeah. It just, it felt comfortable. Um, and really quickly made a lot of great connections with friends and stuff that I still have. So that was really nice. You know, it just kind of, I think when I first got here, I felt a little, like an outsider, you know, cause I, I hadn't really met many people yep. and that kind of thing. And then I, it just felt like everything clicked when I walked into that communications program. It was nice. And it's, it was, I was telling Mike on the way here, I think I graduated with 60 or 65 people. So it was a nice small group of people. You saw a lot of the same faces and fortunately I liked all of those faces. So it was a real comfortable environment for me. And Mike, do you stay in touch with anybody or no? Yeah. I got uh, several people, uh, engineers. I, you know, that's where I made some like, really good friends when I was here. Um, so I got you know a good handful I still stay in touch with. Um, yeah, a lot of them are classmen, uh, classmates that were a year or two older than me. Uh, I actually worked in a machine shop over at Rowan Hall there, and so I met a lot of upperclassmen at the time when I was there my freshman year, uh, which was great. And, uh, some of the professors I keep in contact with, you know, you know, occasionally. How about you? What did you do right after coming out of Rowan? work in the glass industry, pharmaceutical glass. Um, so it was manufacturing, but what was kind of neat at the time, I was like, I didn't want to work there because it's kind of the area I grew up in and, you know, saw a lot, you know, a lot of people that worked there, but you know, the opportunity uh, presented itself, but it was a, a good opportunity because it was one of the few companies that still designed and built all their own equipment that they, you know, on hand that they use where a lot of people now will just source stuff out or buy other people's equipment. So I got a lot of um, experience that, probably most people won't get or isn't out there anymore in industry so it'd be like you know if we were producing beer at the brewery we built you know it'd be like we built all our own equipment in-house to make you know the beer so there's not a lot of industries that make their own stuff that's kind of a specialized everybody just kind of has someone else um make that and they just buy it so it was you know i learned a lot that way and then moved on to several other iterations of uh industry you know throughout the years can we transition to the brewery? Because I'm excited to get that. I know. I was just going to say, fast forward, how'd you meet? Yeah. How, how did you two meet? We can't get to the brewery without knowing how they met each other. Okay, then we get I'm, to I'm the brewery. I want to get to the meat and potatoes here. over here. Yeah. <laughs> Mike and I both have kids that are in the same grade. Our oldest two are in the same grade. So when they were in kindergarten together, they had the same teacher. Um, I was in, or my son was invited to Mike's son Matt's birthday party at the local bowling alley. And I'm wore my Rowan sweatshirt that day, walked my kid and Mike was, you know, oh, you went to Rowan, I went to Rowan. We chatted for a few minutes and then, you know, the kids are still best of friends and, you know, we grew a relationship from there and just, you know, between his wife and myself and my husband and him, we just all kind of, you know, hit it off and go to the same pool together and, you know, do a lot of kind of hanging out and going to other breweries together and spend a lot of time together. So yeah, it's nice. I think that's kind of 
yeah, we all just would hang out, go to breweries a lot. Like, we should do this. My phone's on. Yeah. I mean, can we, can we, can we give you, I'll give you my number. I'll give you my number. We still do. It's like, hey, yeah. we're going here. Let's stop at this place or go to that place. Right? Yeah. Our kids, uh, yeah, when they're playing soccer on a weekend or something, like what breweries nearby? And <laughs> we can stop at after a game. No, because there are so many, right? Because yes. uh, yeah. for the longest time, it was just regular bars that everybody's going to. But now the brewery craze kind of took off and now you see one almost in every area. So It's so nice also when you're a couple and you find another couple that you really like. Yeah. Sometimes you really like jive with one person, but then the other person is just kind of along for the ride. So it's nice that you all hung out together. Your kids are friends. That's such a good foundation for what you were going to do. So was it because you were going to all these breweries that you began talking about maybe we should do something like this or what was the starter up there? Uh, yeah. I mean, that was part of it. It's always a conversation. There was, you know, the, the uh, old bank in town that sat vacant for 10 years and it was always kind of, I think a lot of people said that would be a great brewery. Um, you know, that kind of started it. And, you know, at one point I just had a conversation with uh, my wife's boss where she worked in town. And, um, you know, it's like a, a local business had closed up. And the downtown was, you know, we, you know, was kind of struggling a little bit, you know, get business in there. And um, he's like, yeah, that's a shame. I'm like, yeah, they need a brewery to bring people into town. And um, I was traveling a lot for, as an engineer, I was flying out like every week for work. So I was on planes all the time. So I was like, well, I'm going to, you know, my engineering mind, like, I'm going to look into what it takes to do this. Mm -hmm. And the building that I really liked was for sale. So I reached out with a friend who had, uh, was the realtor, had it listed. So he's like, here's the keys, go in there and look at it. And so I started having contractors come in and, you know, guys I knew what I've worked with when I was in South Jersey a lot and uh, just started running numbers and doing things. But, you know, at that time, I couldn't get the building. So I ended up walking away from the whole project. Um, you know, it was all in the, you know, the initial phases I'm oh, sorry. Were you home brewing at this point yeah, at all? I was going to say no? all this without brewing experience. Yeah, or uh, yeah home brewed a little. Yeah, my one friend I went to Rome with, he got me into home brewing some. Um, so I, had, you know, had the experience with it that way. Um, a lot of my experience though was in industry. So I'd go, you know, big projects were in factories and rebuilds, and so equipment wise, and the, that portion of the you know of the breweries, pretty, I want to say easy, but straightforward. I knew what was going on there. Um, and meantime. Uh, friends with uh, Megan's husband, Clint, uh, another friend of ours, um, Mike ended up being, he's our brewer right now, but he was like, yeah, we are just a general conversation. And he's like, oh yeah, Mike homebrews, he's awesome at it. So just in conversation, we were talking and, you know, had some of his beers. I'm like, these are great. Would you want to, you know, if I opened a brewery, would you want to be the brewer? <laughs> and he, like, ah. he was like, yeah, that's my dream. So that's how that part of it worked out. And, um, and you know, it's so, I kind of walked away from the whole thing right before the pandemic because I couldn't get the building. And, um, you know, during a pandemic at some point, my wife's like, why don't you look into doing that again? Breweries are still, you know, you know, figuring out a way to do business through all this. And maybe the people will negotiate on the building now. So I went back and just kind of reevaluated how I was doing, you know, my business plan. And, uh, you know, it's like maybe we can start with some used equipment and some things like that. So I just kind of started diving back into it. Um, people were willing to negotiate at that point. So that's kind of where it was. I had some, uh, a line on some used equipment up in Buffalo. So, uh, Clint went with me. We took a drive up there to look at the equipment. So it just kind of started snowballing from that. And then at some point I'm like, I got to figure out how to finance this and, yeah. you know, get a loan or pay for all this stuff. And, uh, so that was a whole nother process. So it was one thing after another. And then once we got into the building phases, Clint and, uh, Megan were there with us, like, you know, all the time helping us. And it was a real community effort. Clint was there every night with me, you know, I'm, you know, demoing or building stuff and helping me. And at some point it's like, 
yeah, you guys want to be involved <laughs> with this. You're there yeah. with us with everything, and uh, and yeah, it was I think it was a good match, and that, yeah, we couldn't do it without them. What year was this that you opened? We opened last year, June of 2022. So young. So yeah, and Jeff, but I avoided the pandemic too. I remember how many businesses were closing. That's what I was closing. curious. Like, it's actually maybe even better that it didn't work out the first time because yeah. because of the pandemic and everything shut down. Probably would have been hard to keep. It, it yeah, I, I, I think about that because like I would have been right there if like because I walked away. I'm like I'm not paying what you wanted for this building. It's been sitting and you know needs a lot of work. And if I bought it then and the pandemic happened like literally a month later. or or whatever, like, I don't think I could have you know, figured that out at that point. Yeah, it would have been, so it just kind of worked out the perfect timing and you know, everything fell into place. Yeah, everything kind of happens for a reason. Although at the time it must have been upsetting because you, you probably felt so close, but it's better that it was afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of time putting <laughs> numbers. A lot of plans. research. Yeah, yeah, a lot right. of research. I had like there. You had a lot like, of plane rides. So I'm like, what do I do with this? So together. it just sat there in a book until, you know, six months later or, you know, Eight months later, whatever it was, I went back to it and started digging back in again. But one of the benefits to that, and I say this to Mike a lot, is that when they finally bought the building in August of 21, he had his full plan set ready to go. He knew exactly where everything was going. The contractors had been in the building. Like everything was already lined up and ready to go. So literally opened the door. We had a little happy hour that afternoon to celebrate, you know, the purchase of the building. And that night we're knocking down walls and, you know, sledgehammer and stuff. That sounds fun. I mean, just went right to work on demo and didn't stop until the day the doors opened, you know. And it has has to be a little bit scary, too, because I know friends of mine who are very entrepreneurial minded, opened up their own business. And it is that's that's your life, right? That's your becomes your everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was that the mindset sort of going into this whole equation? Yeah. Um, I knew, you know, I've wanted, since I was in college, my dad was always self-employed and had his own business and, you know, you know, maybe my grandfather. So it was, I always wanted that. Um, it just took me a long time to get there. In my, you know, my opinion, I would want to do that almost right out of school. And, you know, it's kind of a hard thing. It's like, you're either scared or don't feel like, you know, enough, um, you know, got enough background to do that. Um, and then once you get a family started and you know, then it's like, well, yeah, how's this going to affect my family? So, you know, for so long I went and just kept working, even not being happy with what I was doing or, you know, traveling too much and not enjoying that portion of it. And then finally, I think really the, you know, the pandemic like set things in motion because I was home for a good two, three months, not on the road. And I'm like, you know, I was, I'm kind of tired of that. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to, you know, so, and, you know, support my wife, uh, Rebecca, she was, you know, really like if I didn't have the full backing of my family, I wasn't going to do it. So it finally felt like something that I had to backing. Everybody was, you know, for it. So we just kind of decided to go and do it. And then I knew at some point I was going to have to quit my job full time because I was putting so much time into it. And, uh, I had to do that before we opened. So that was kind of a scary thing too. You know, it was six months before we opened. I'm like, all right, totally quit my job. I'm just working. Yeah, man, I'm trying to get the building built and everything done and our license so we can open up <laughs> and I actually have money coming back in the other way. So it was. And then are you sweating it out this first couple of weeks? Uh, I think the day we opened, I was just, and so many people came there. I don't know how yeah. many, you know, it felt like a thousand people or more. I don't know. It was just, you know, just floodgates coming in. Uh, that was like a big, biggest sigh of relief that day. Like that it was just, Okay. Have we talked about where this is, by the way? Do we even promote that yet? I don't know. Tell us where it is. Tell us where it is, because we we mentioned the name of it, but we didn't tell people where it was. Uh, We're Farmers and Bankers Brewing. We're in Woodstown, New Jersey. Yeah, about 
what, 10, 15 minute drive here from Rowan? Right, right at the intersection of Route 40 and 45. So there's an, an old bank on either oh, exactly where it intersection is. of that. And we're in the one that's closed. The other one's still open. So it's now, it's a brewery. <laughs> So were you at all hesitant to go into business together, being oh, such good no. friends for so long? See, not that's so great. Bit. Yeah. yeah. No, I would think that would be a like bit. a little intimidating or scary yeah. because, you know, I don't, I don't know, business, doing business with your friends is, can be tough. You it know? can be. It, I mean, I think, you know, it felt really comfortable because we had, we were fully invested from the, from the minute Mike mentioned it, you know, yeah. they're going through the process with the borough. We're the first brewery in Salem County. Um, we needed approval from the borough to make sure that they were going to be okay with us starting a brewery in the town, you know. Um, so all of that, you know, we were just, you know, fully invested, like I said, from the minute he brought the idea. And then, again, when we had the keys to the building, like just coming, you know, coming home from work, going to the brewery, spending our weekends, you know. We carved out a little area on the second floor of the building for the kids to hang out, you know, yeah. and put a TV mm. for movies wow. and snacks and you know, here's a little heater, stay warm and, you know, whatever. <laughs> or pick just, up a hammer and right. help us and knock this did, wall down. And they yeah. did. I mean, yeah. we have, you know, thousands of photos of the kids yeah. swinging hammers. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah, they love the demo part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, when Mike approached us about actually being investors, you know, as opposed to just being emotionally invested, we, it was an easy yes. You know, we, and, you know, we, I think we all have a passion for seeing Woodstown develop further. Woodstown's in this really unique position right now. Um, it's, you know, Salem County can be a little quiet and not a ton going on. Um, there's a group that just uh, restarted running the rail line that goes through Woodstown. And so they're running it for commercial use, but they're also running a train tour between our brewery and Swedesboro Brewing. So you can take a train from Woodstown to Swedesboro oh, cool. and come back to Woodstown again. And they're doing scenic train rides and things like that. Um, Woodstown is, you know, and people are looking at Woodstown more now looking for what they can also do there. And we're just really excited to be a part of that kind of, you know, continued progress in our own community, you know, and to be a part of the community. We do a lot of um, supporting our community organizations, like the Reliance Fire Company in town. Um, we brewed a beer for them last year. A portion of those proceeds went back to the Reliance Fire Company. It's a volunteer, volunteer fire company. So we were able to make that donation back to them. You know, all the little leagues and sports teams and things in town, we're happy to support them, That's you know, great. with raffle basket donations or percentage givebacks from the brewery and things like that. Like anything we can do to support the community, we're happy to do, you know, and it's, they've been really supportive of us. It's been so nice to just be a, you know, a business and a, you know, a piece of that community. So it's great. So now you guys, both families enjoy brewing. Mm -hmm. Now comes the question I'm going to go to. Okay. All right. Tell us. How do you determine what kind of beers you're going to put on tap? Like, I know you're going to put your favorites, yeah. but you try to pick a little bit of each because I know, like, how do you go through that process? Because I know what I yeah. like. Yeah, we kind of, what beers we like. Uh, Can I give you my, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> your list. We actually try to keep a pretty wide variety of beers. Okay, yeah. um, you know, something for everybody for the most part. Um, and that was kind of thinking on in. It's like you really pigeonhole yourself if you're just doing one style of beer. Sure. Or that way. And uh, so we got ones we rotate through, like, you know, constantly doing. We've probably done 35 different varieties so far and haven't been open a year. Uh, but we have the staples that people love. Um, we just died early on. We need some Pilsners and some lighter beers for, like, our community where we're at because it's pretty rural and, you know, farming area. So we've, you know, got a lot of great Pilsners on, um, some lagers. But we also got a ton of IPAs, you know, we do because people just love that. So, and we do small batch IPAs, rolling them through and, uh, you know, constantly putting out new ones and trying different varieties. And, you know, and that's the stuff we really like. And then we'll have, you know, the darker beers, you know, stouts and porters. So we got a little bit of everything for everybody. I started sampling the IPAs during the pandemic. 
Then they put a little bit, like a little too pudgy there. <laughs> they, put, they pack some pounds on Yes, there. yes. But I don't like careful. the ones that that give you like the double punch. There's like, there's some that are like way too strong. We have a little of both. We have yep. lighter ones and heavier ones. And Rob's just putting in like, yeah. he just wants right? you to know what no, he's going to take notes over here. He'll be there yeah. today. I probably, yeah. <laughs> we probably will this interview. Yeah, we just uh, released a session IPA last week. So okay. it's, on, yeah, all right. so it's like all right. got all that flavor, but it's a little lighter on the end. Good, so. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have some races to run coming up, so I don't want to be so there heavy. You, go. you know what I mean? Right, bogged right. down. Is, is that your favorite style too? Um, I tend toward the bar- dark beers. I like the stouts and the porters and things like that. Those are my favorites. And in my opinion, the best that our brewer makes is our stout. That's my top favorite. Um, but you know, I, after years of going to breweries, I, you know, I'll drink them all. There's there yeah, really yeah. is, there's few that I won't drink. Um, but like Mike said, we've, you know, we're always changing our tap list. So there's re- like legitimately every time you come in, there's something new to try. Like when I go to pour beers for work, I'm like, Oh, what's new on the tap list that I haven't had yet. Let me get a little sample of that. Um, we do a couple seltzers too. And we change those seasonally, you know, at Christmas time we had a, cranberry based seltzer we have an apple seltzer that people love um that's made with local cider you know there's just there's always something new going on now is the brewing community real supportive of each other because we've seen a rise in breweries in probably the past five years or so so what's that like do you feel like there's competition with other breweries kind of nice you guys are in a nice spot in woodstown where you are the brewery in town but is there a community of brewers that you kind of connect with each other or yeah you're on your own no it's definitely one of the few industries I've seen that's uh, there's that camaraderie camaraderie with everybody. Um, everybody kind of works and helps each other out, especially starting out. Like, you know, you know, just, you know, there's some other breweries open up. We, you know, we always try to reach out to them because the same way when we were starting other breweries reached out to us and there's a lot of questions. Like when you, like our brewer hadn't brewed at that scale before and you know, it's like, well, what do we do here? What do we do there? So we just reach out and talk to them. And we'll, we still will. It's like, hey, we ran into this issue. Like, what do you think we should do? Or just kind of brainstorming it. Mm-hmm. And it really helps because, you know, it's not like you're a giant business with, you know, tons of people who have like, you know, years of it. You know. There's not like brewing conferences, right? Like, yeah, and, there, and are. there are. There are. Yeah. If we're oh, going, if we're Rob, actually, Rob's going to sign up and pretend yeah. he's May, a brewer. Just May, we're know. going down to it's uh, the CBC and they do the World Beer Cup. So it's, um, you know, there's competition on beers. We've sent two down there. Um, and then, you know, it's conferences and then also trade show and all that. And that's in Nashville in May. So we're going to be. You sound awful. Right? No <laughs> fun at all. It's no our fun. first one. It's our first one. So we'll, we'll see. Oh, I think you'll have a good time. <laughs> so did you know right away that you wanted Megan to be in the position that she's in? And how did how did that come about where you had like an official position, not just an investment, uh, an investor kind of role in the That was actually pretty, that whole situation actually was pretty fun to manage. So we would, when we got closer to finishing building the brewery, we would sit down every Sunday, have dinner, you know, there'd be tools and everything everywhere. Everybody's covered in paint and whatever else is going on. And we would sit down for dinner together and talk about like, okay, what do you want your role to be? How do you see yourself involved? Um, In my real life job for Cherry Hill Township, I'm their recreation director. So events, marketing, you know, community outreach, all those things. That's just what I'm comfortable doing. It's what I enjoy doing, but it's just a natural fit for me. So, you know, when we started talking about, you know, what do you want your role to be here? We all kind of said, you know, this is what I feel comfortable managing and events and outreach is where I felt like I wanted to be. So anybody that schedules an activity at the brewery, I interact with them. But then when we do some of these partnership things and fundraisers and things with other groups, 
you know, that, you know, is something that I do together with Mike. And then, you know, if I need help from my husband or Mike's wife, you know, I pull up other people in. We're actually doing a partnership beer with Battleship New Jersey. Oh, cool. Um, so we're going to do a donation back to them as well. So like we went up there and spent a day up there touring the ship cool. and, you know, talking about that. So that'll be coming out soon too. Probably doesn't feel as much like work. Yeah. No, you're, in, you're in business with friends and that's a great relationship to start with. And it's something that you, you both you know, love yeah. and your family's love. So like they say, if you love your job, you don't work a day in your life. Right. So that's nice. The rest of us are envious that Mike works full time at the brewery <laughs> and we all have regular so jobs. So do you miss the old gig at all or no? Occasionally just getting away. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's, I'm playing a lot of hats. Um, so, you know, like I want to do some of the engineering portions of it and, uh, you know, I'm pulled and doing a lot of directions of things, which is fine. That's the role. Like I understood that was coming in. And also at the beginning, that's what we kind of looked. It's like, what is everyone's role is like Megan's great at what she does and I do not have the time to handle what she can do and, and keep it organized like that. And it's, I thank God I have, you know, we have a, you know, someone that can do that for us that you can reach out to people. I'm probably <laughs> I could be in a bad mood, <laughs> but probably don't want me talking to somebody that day. <laughs> uh, so, but She's your PR person. Yes, She's your face perfect. for the days yes. you don't feel like talking you know. to people. Yeah. And, it, you know, that works out great. Um, you know, same thing with the front end when we were doing that. My wife had a lot of industry experience, you know, putting herself through school and working for years. So she knew, like, I'd say, oh, we should put this and that there. She's like, no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> like, you know, other than me going to breweries and bars, <laughs> I hadn't worked in any, you know, other than watching interaction. So, yeah, I'd have a lot of ideas and I'd try to think as much as I could as an engineer planning everything out and where things should go and trying to stay on top of it. And I think we did pretty good job with some of that, but it's also, you got to listen to everybody and what the, you know, their experiences are. Clint's got a lot of pharmaceutical experience. So it's like putting uh, procedures in place for, you know, so when we grow as a business, things aren't, you know, just willy nilly, you know, like, you know, doing it out of the back of your house. Um, you know, so those are the things I wanted to see, put in place as we started you know, the business so we can grow into the future. Cause you know, my background's manufacturing. I'd love to see us be a lot bigger brewery on that scale and getting our product out there. I love the size we are in our town and what we're doing, but I'd love to see lots of people enjoying our beer throughout the state and growing that way you know, down the road here. Like distribution wise and such. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us about what you're doing when you're not Farming and banking. Like what are we, what are we, what are we working real life jobs? Yeah, what for, are, I mean, like, what's the family life look like for both of you? Like, well, what, what are we doing? Running around sporting events usually. <laughs> that seems to be what kids do these yeah. days. They yeah. just take all their parents' kids time. Kids' sports are very serious yeah. nowadays. I mean, the, starting this role was nice. This uh, winter, I coached two basketball teams <laughs> or helped, you know, with two basketball teams. So I wasn't able to do that kind of thing before when I was traveling. So, yeah, my son's team, I was helping with that. And I was head coaching my daughter's team. She started, so which I had a lot of fun. And um, so, yeah, some of these things that you know, normally wouldn't get to do. And and I understood that going into the business because my dad was self-employed. So he'd always make time as a kid, like, to do these things, even though you're always working. Yeah, you, know, yep. you could be working seven days a week or long hours, but you can niche out time for, to do those type of things and be with your family or what you need and, and make it work. Megan? Yeah, same thing. The kids keep us very busy, you know, but it is a true family business for our two families. You know, when we're running to sports and things like that, but then, you know, when we're canning beers, the kids will come in and help can beers and put labels on and that kind of thing. Um, Mike's daughter, Sarah, loves to help clean, so she'll come in and help us clean and stuff. But outside of that, I'll, you know, grab Mike's wife sometimes and we'll go hiking or something like that. And, you know, we try to get outside and do things and um, 
as a family, you know, take an overnight getaway or something like that. But the kids sports really do take your time when they get to the ages that our kids are. <laughs> we need to get some video of the uh, canning process. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. To I mean, you definitely right? have to come down. Yeah, I would love to see awesome. like how that's done. I've never even seen yeah. it done. Now, tell us your favorite beer. So if somebody comes in, what are you saying? This is my favorite. Got to order this. So if they if they will drink dark beer, then I always steer them to our milk stout, which we call our cow tipper. Um, and then my favorite IPA that's on right now is our Wu-Tang, which is Wu-Tang. the Wu is like short for Woodstown. Like, okay. you know. uh, okay. Oh, is that the why there's signs? I've seen signs in Woodstown that Wu-Tang Well, signs. I think they're different signs. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're the positive ones. I don't think we should. You never know. I know. They're tagging things for different reasons. <laughs> what about you, Mike? Oh, it, it always varies because I print, drink pretty much everything on there. So <laughs> I always love whenever Research we got purposes, yeah, whenever right? we got a new IPA out there, it's usually my favorite, um, you know, for a while and then uh, turn to the next one. Uh, we do uh, our Mars and Lager, which started out as Oktoberfest and like in December, people still loved it. So we brewed some more. It was Decemberfest and now <laughs> we just, just brewed again. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it'll just be our fest beer. I like, I enjoy that one for like a nice, you know, you know medium style. We, the Belgian, we just... The Belgian's amazing. Yeah, we did a Belgian Dark Strong, which is a style that really got me into you know, different beers early on. Um, so I've always loved a, a good Belgian. So that one came out great. And, and uh, I mean, we brewed that back in November, but I had to let it sit uh, for like three months just to age right, just to be able to put it out there. And uh, the variety's changed. So it, it can be the day of the week. It can be what I'm eating dinner or <laughs> what I want. It's like, but it pairs well with different stuff. Like yeah. It's kind of like wines. Mm-hmm. Let's tell the listeners where they can find you. So we told them where they could physically find you, but where else can they find you online? They're interested in hosting an event or reaching out. Where can where can they find you? So farmersandbankersbrewing.com. Um, you'll have the, we have an updated tap list there. Every time our beers change, we add to that tap list. There's a Rob's link there. There's a link there that you can check in if you want an event. There is information there. Um, as you probably know, breweries in New Jersey can't serve food, but we do have a list of all the places where you can get food. By the to way, bring I in. saw that was so cute. You have a tab that says food and it's like, just kidding. We only <laughs> serve beer. And I was like, that's cute. Um, but we want people to know where they can, you know, support our local eateries and get good food and have it right there. I mean, we have three places where you can get food within a quarter mile from us, you know, so you don't even have to worry about. And then there's more places you can deliver from. You can bring anything in that you want, you know, so we try to make that available on our website too. Um, you know, every once in a while you find a food truck hanging out in Woodstown, not on the brewery property, but somewhere in Woodstown. <laughs> somewhere. Um, so, you know, you'll find a list of those there on the website. A um, little bit of information about the building and the history of the building is there. Um, and then Facebook and Instagram as well as Farmers and Bankers Brewing. Which I think the history of the building is just a very cool piece too yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's one of the neat things about being in the building is people come in all the time and have, I remember being here. I remember my grandma banking here, you know, and have stories about it. And it's it's just really cool. At Christmas, we put Santa in the, there's like a window above the main front door of the old part of the building. And years ago, when it was owned as a bank, they used to put a Santa statue or whatever in that. So we bought a Santa and mm. yeah, yeah, keep that tradition alive. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's nostalgic for it's folks. And yeah, well, dip, yeah, I've had different guys stop in and people work there. Some guy, you know, oh, I worked here in the fifties, like you know, and the old side told me how you know, the vault door worked and this and that. It's always interesting to get some of that history. People have come in there, I guess, you know, being woods down. It's like. Yeah, they used to sell, uh, you know, guns in a case there. Oh, like we, when we stopped that practice. Yeah. yeah. There's like, yeah, it was like, I'm like, oh, I guess the, the lady would put it in her purse or a little, <laughs> protect her money. And uh, they said, yeah, you walked right in a bank and you can buy your little <laughs> gun there. And like, it's like the Wild West. <laughs> this, is, this is crazy. Saloon doors and all. 
Well, we thank you guys so yeah, much for fun. coming. The next time we see you, it'll be at the brewery. 100%. 100%. Rob, I see that you're already making plans. I'm already like, I'm salivating over here. I know. I think, are you going to go there after you leave here today? Um, yeah. No, no, no. We can't, <laughs> we can't go there today, but we will make it a chance to get there because we have to. I know. We really should. And um, I, I'll do anything to support Woodstown. My husband, I, I called him. He said, uh, bleed, bleed orange. Ble I don't know. He's, don't this, know there's some sort of Woodstown you know chant is. or something he said. I don't, I don't really remember it, but. Anyway, either way, it was it's a good time. I think I can't wait to check them out. They were very cool to talk to. Hope they uh, have much success in that area, especially in Woodstown, because uh, nobody wants to see that close, <laughs> especially your truly, uh, you know. And and so I'm looking forward to going down there, checking out some of the supplies, and and two more Roan proud props doing great things here uh, locally. They stayed local, which is cool. Please join us next time on at the beyond. brewery. Now no. on Beyond the Brown and Gold, or at the brewery too. You've been listening to Beyond the Brown and Gold on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You can find more episodes on your favorite podcasting platforms by searching for Beyond the Brown and Gold or Rowan Radio On Demand.